0: Borag thong earthlets, it's Conrad again, and you may have noticed that we've gone from episode 14 to episode 16. Unfortunately, the audio for episode 15 was damaged, and I really wanted to put a show out instead of skipping a week while we re-record. Here's a quick recap of what happened in episode 15 to keep you up to date. Dan Dare beat the Star Slayers and found a plant that makes doubles of everybody. They are following it to its homeworld. In Judge Dredd, there's a car with the personality of a 10 year old kid on a murderous rampage on the moon. The Harlem Hellcats bus has just crashed and fallen into the ocean in Inferno. Mach 1 is back in action after spending a lot of time drinking and not getting hyperpower treatments. And there's a new thrill called Colony Earth where a secret agent and a professor have gone looking for a lost Navy ship and have found aliens and alien robots. Hopefully that will tide you over until next week when we can go more in-depth and cover the end of Invasion and the Visible Man thrills. Thank you for listening, and remember, please send your favorite thrill of 1977 to us for a chance to win the Shacko graphic novel. Splendug for a thrig! Earthlets. my name is Conrad. Alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 16th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD. One month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering March 1978 with progs 54 through 57. This week we'll go underwater with Dan Dare, Mach 1, and the Har-
1: and the Harlem Hellcats of Inferno. <laughs> uh it's pretty great i love my i love this boat theme that we have yeah it's um you know we'll see but there's a lot of there's a lot of underwater action which is weird man what are you talking about Oh my! i'm, I'm bringing, speechless i'm bringing class back baby oh my gosh i mean okay listen, if if you think you know of a better fish pun let me know. All right, enough of your uh, jibber jabbing. <laughs> Jabber John? Yes,
0: that's Jabber-jaw- a shark. Jabber <laughs> That's a shark from whatever. I'm, 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 I'm doing it. And I'm not speak- gonna be
1: able to keep up with you.
0: <laughs> and speaking of doing it, let's go to 301 Dan Dare.
1: Someone call Kevin Costner.
0: <laughs> uh, Dan Dare is not a mariner. He's like a space pilot, dude. No, nope, he is going to Waterworld. Hey, don't, we haven't gotten there yet, all right? I know,
1: I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> because, because first we got to investigate this doppelganger planet oh, from that's so good. the plant-based doppelganger guy that we found in a floating coffin last episode. He put in coordinates to like his home planet and the ship went there. And then the doppelganger of Dandair was killed and so, but now they're like, hey, there's a planet, let's check it out, which seems fair enough. I
1: mean, that's why they're, like, out there, right? So.
0: Basically, yeah. Like, to find new civilizations, poke them with a stick, and then destroy their home worlds, basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Take everything from the Prime Directive and reverse. Hey, man, that's just... That Prime Directive is just Starfleet's Prime Directive. Like, I see
0: a lot of... I'm... Sorry. Not to get on a a rant here, but but I've seen a lot of science fiction things where people talk about the Prime Directive like it's an actual Prime Directive for everything, and it's not. It's just Starfleet's Prime Directive. Like, if that's not your species' thing, then you don't have to abide by it. It's just made up.
1: Well, I mean, they even concede that point in Star Trek, like, several times. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, like... This is we're, us, but we think it's the right thing because yeah. you're doing nice guy stuff, and it's like, okay, well, what if like the Cardassians are just really good at being not that exactly? But I don't want to get too
0: too into it because that's not what we're here for. Trekness, um, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> we land on it. We land on the on this Jafeganger planet. <laughs> They, as they land, the Eagle landing crafts are attacked by copies of Eagle landing crafts, complete with like copies of the crew inside
1: the ships and stuff, and it freaks people out. Yeah, it's super weird. guy blows up.
0: Yeah. Eventually, they land, and as everybody looks around, Bear finds... Bear, the Russian crew member, finds a crashed star cruiser with a bunch of pods out front. They sort of zap him with mind-zap lasers. When Dan arrives... He finds six bears, but only one is the real one. Ah, uh, snap! Body snatchers. Yeah, which leads to uh, my favorite cover of this of this month's uh, Prague, <laughs> which is there's like uh, you know all the covers this month are the first page of the Dandere comic, and so this and so Prague fifty five starts with there being six bears and Dandere's saying bear times six, but which ones do I kill? <laughs> which, like the phrasing of that, as opposed to like, there's six bears, but which one? Do, but which one do I save? You know? Yeah. As it's... opposed to which ones do I kill? It's telling. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a telling detail.
1: Of 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 his personal character. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Uh, yeah. Of the mindset of of Mr. Uh, Daniel Dare. Yeah. Future dude. <laughs>
1: As we're going to come to find out. Anyhow. uh, He has not
0: lost his bloodlust. Indeed. So it turns out that the old, uh, hey, go for your gun, and then they all go for the real bear's real gun ploy still works pretty well. (laughs) Uh, Dan and Bear kill the rest of the copies and whatever, and then they escape. Uh, They take off with their ship just in time, as it turns out that the downed cruiser had a planet bomb inside, (laughs) and the
1: entire (laughs) planet
0: is completely destroyed
1: hey conrad yeah question, just real quick uh-huh so a planet bomb right yeah blows up just like we have on our ships yeah yeah <laughs> just just like we have on our ships yeah this man came prepared ready I mean, this is not the first potentially time. blow up a, an entire planet. This is not the first
0: time we've seen Dan. Da- we've seen in this section of Dan, in this like you know, new version of Dan Dare with a coat arrive on an alien <laughs> planet, find the aliens to be hostile, make no effort to communicate with them, and destroy their entire planet. It's happened before. <laughs> Dan, you know. <laughs> Dan Dare's law is like Dan Dare's love. It's hard and fast, you know. <laughs> like, he's really like—I know everybody says Captain Kirk is the basis of zap Brannigan. There's a little <laughs> bit of of Dan Dare in there. You know what I mean? God,
1: he he commits genocide against something sentient enough to make copies, right?
0: And successfully say like what coordinates to go to and stuff like the Dan dandere copy was smart it could talk and make it make it make it have a decent replica of dandere same thing with the bear clones you know yeah no dandere is ethic highly ethically
1: questionable <laughs> <laughs> so what i mean i'm kind of coming to terms with uh when we talk about this especially because i am enjoying myself right now conrad like i'm enjoying these stories and yeah. i'm by the way halfway through these but yeah Go ahead. Yeah, but you're. Yeah, you're, you're I still you're, love this this comic, even though knowing that they kept one of the things that I had the most disdain for. Uh, it's
0: all the coat, bro. This is a it's solid scary. coat. <laughs> I mean, that's what it means. Sometimes you can be dressed sharp enough that you're okay with genocide, and they're just aliens, like whatever. <laughs> Man, you uh, know. I'll, I'll erase this podcast if the aliens show up and start looking for anti-alien rhetoric. But, like, yeah. if you come from a non-Earth planet, then I'm like, whatever. Dan Dare can kill you. That's fine. <laughs> Humans? <laughs> no, that's no way. I'm against that 100%.
1: Just let his ass off, leash. <laughs> I don't We're care. we a bunch of pirates and, like, people that he picked up from the Moss Eisley of this world. Yeah. Right? Like he's just like I'm gonna go find some criminals. We're gonna get lots of weapons, and we're just gonna go get turned loose. Like I just like consider that for a moment. These are not yeah. loyal to a government kind of men. Look, yeah, okay. So listen, the objective description of what Dan
0: Dare is and what he's doing <laughs> it makes him a bad guy. Just because yeah. he's a bunch of well armed, a bunch of well armed criminals roaming around, taking down empires and destroying whole planets. Like whatever. Oh, Great. God. What have you done in your life? That's what I want to know. Ah, judge, Mr. Dan Dare.
1: <laughs> no, f- fucking fair enough, right? Like, I'm sorry that I'm not a cool space battle guy who made friends with a giant Russian and a dude who's got a gun welded to his hand and a guy named Pilot. Guess what his job is? All right, That's right.
0: Like, Reevaluate he's... your life choices, buddy. Meanwhile. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Back on water planet,
0: on a whole different planet, Dan Dare is uh, flying around on the surface of this water planet. He gets attacked by a giant tentacle.
1: Ah, it's awesome. a tentacle attack!
0: <sighs> yeah, it's a giant like tentacle. It's got a big, it's got suckers, but it's got a big mouth base and stuff. It's really awesome.
1: <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a very well crafted uh, monster. I'll be honest. And Dave Gibbons, you rock. Yeah, no, he's doing, Dave Gibbons is
0: really doing some yeoman's work with these monster designs. Um, it's really
1: great.
0: Yeah, so, Dan Dare, man, so, D- the Eagle Craft manages to escape the puckered hold of the giant tentacle. They fly around a little bit higher when suddenly there's a, uh, whatchamacallit, an interstellar-style giant plant wave tidal,
1: tidal wave on this on this water planet. And I'm just going to say right now, Interstellar totally ripped you guys off super duper but
0: <laughs> so the eagle the, the uh the landing craft can't pull up enough to get out of the way of the tidal wave and so suddenly they get hit by it and they're um tw- 20 miles down like falling the the, uh, the water douses the atomic engines of the craft and they just start sinking deep underwater yeah it's not looking great yeah stuck underwater uh Dandere and the crew break out all their underwater stuff that they apparently just had lying around on the, the craft. There's scuba suits, uh, under, underwater tanks with, like, <laughs> diving bells on the top so one, they can sort of see what's going on and stuff. One-man tanks. They got little arms and tingled things. <laughs> They're called sea slugs. Light-tracked reconnaissance vehicles for use on the seabed.
1: Oh, it's so good. That's great. So
0: they travel around to do some undersea stuff, but suddenly Dan Dare gets kidnapped by a bunch of sea monkey-looking dudes, and then the ship is threatened by a giant sea monster, and that's where we end the sea adventures of Dan Dare and crew
1: for this month. it uh, really starts us off great for our whole fucking ocean-themed podcast this month. Or Indeed. Week, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so what to say about Dan Dare? I mean, I guess we kind of got into it in the middle of it, so... Yeah. I mean... <sighs> no, I think everyone can can fathom what our thoughts are for Dan Dare. Yes! Okay! <laughs> it's really good. That's a sea pun, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: fun, man. But hey, speaking of uh, stories under the sea... Yeah.
1: Thrill Two Mach One. I mean, this run was really dolphin. Yeah, okay, I'll go with it. <laughs> I thought bastard. the mermaid was pretty fishy, though. <laughs> okay.
0: So, <laughs> so Mach One is back in back in the saddle, and he's investigating this thing called the Dolphin Tapes. Uh, His brain no- almost exp
1: <laughs> Well, good. Oh, it's just like the picture of him getting like electroded in the fucking like lobes. Yeah, his brain like, almost oh, explodes. <laughs> his gonna break.
0: His brain almost explodes downloading the mission briefing like on the flight over.
1: Which, like, what?
0: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they, I, I think it's just a sort of a, it's an example of how his um, because he hasn't had regular hyper treatment, hyper power treatments. He's a little rusty and stuff in terms of just doing like even like secret agent things. But so, the mission is to acquire these things called the Dolphin Tapes, which is basically the research of this one base, research base, and also to uncover the fate of secret agent Robert Peel. Now, I don't remember Roger Peel from our previous Mach 1 adventure, so I think he's just some guy.
1: I, the name didn't immediately ring a bell, and I didn't go back to check, which... Yeah, I I don't have it written anywhere... and I feel like it might be a
0: vague um, Avengers reference. Oh, really? Well, because like the lady on the Avengers was named like Mrs. Peel, right? Mm. Yes. The the English spy show, the Avengers, not like Iron oh. Man and stuff. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, maybe it is. Could be. I mean, it's secret agent enough, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> so they kind of had hyperpower. power. Right? Yeah. And they're English secret agent guys, so it seems like vaguely appropriate for a secret mm-hmm. agent guy, you know. But so, uh, Probe appears, or arrives at his research base. He gets attacked by the security chief uh, named Hacker. and gets Probe a, ju- He gets a face full of boot, man. Yeah, he, jud- he judo-kicks him. <laughs> and, then he, and then he meets with a the, with the league researcher who shows him around. And Probe decides not to torture the head researcher for the <laughs> tapes. Because he's a nice little old guy who loves training his two dolphins.
1: And that's it. Me- a- yeah.
0: Meanwhile, in New York City, a, uh, a slick business dude, Luigi Scarlatti, plans <laughs> to steal the tapes himself. And oh. he murders other business dudes that disagree with that plan. <laughs> By throwing them down an elevator shaft. Best way to do it. So that night, Probe tries to download the tapes into his cyber brain, but it overloads again. And this leads to him being wobbly and moving at slow speed as he tries to stop the guard guy, Hacker, from killing the nice researcher. Probe intervenes, but Hacker throws a knife right in his gut.
1: Oh, ow, my guts.
0: Yeah, luckily, knife wounds are no match for hyperpower, and Probe was only stabbed (laughs) a little bit. But he ends up getting uh, buffaloed, like, knocked upside the back of the head and tossed into a nearby, you know, like, pool of water. We're like, I don't mm. think there are any sea creatures, but it could be. And then they use advanced technology to instant freeze him in a big block of ice. Which actually worked. Yeah, he's, a, he's totally Encino-manned. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> oh, meanwhile, great. Yeah, meanwhile, Scarlatti, Hacker, and some goons... Grab one of the dolphins and they head out into the Everglades to find this big research, uh, like super research base where the dolphin tapes research is taking place. Mm. Meanwhile, Probe and his, comp- and his brain computer basically induce an extreme fever inside his body. Like, over 40 Celsius or 104 degrees.
1: And it's like, hey, you may suffer brain damage.
0: Yeah, but otherwise you'll die from freezing to death, so it's, you know, a little one or a little the other. (laughs) But this manages to melt the ice and allows him to break free, but not kill him, apparently. Or if you want to kind of go Jacob's Ladder style, this could all be him. The rest of the Mach 1 stuff could all be him imagining things as he slowly freezes to death inside this block of ice either way seems pretty fun honestly <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but so but so probe uh, punches his way out of the ice jack frost never packed a punch like this Which as he beats <laughs> as he beats up a uh, bunch of goons left behind <laughs> i just then, don't get it what jack frost never punched like this yeah well like there's this guy jack
1: frost well, and like, does he? Is it like some fable I don't know where he punches people in the face? I mean, you know, maybe like it's a little nippy, and it's like, oh, my Jack Frost
0: is really packing a punch today because it's so so cold out. I've heard nipping at your nose, but not like I can't believe you're giving this guy a hard time about his kill puns, bro.
1: That's not I'm cool. just saying, man. Like, there's so many things he could have said. Like, I'm putting you on ice. You know, I mean, okay, fair enough. Right, like anything I, uh, is better than that. Uh, you know, he
0: just had a brain melting. He was just had a brain melting <laughs> freezer, So maybe, maybe he's off his one liner game.
1: You know, <laughs> My, brain like just. Com- oh, he is like induced in a fever. Yeah, would <laughs> have been better. If he's just like I hate
0: pumpkins. Exactly, but so probe grabs the other dolphin that the scientist guy was <laughs> trading, and the two of them make their way to the base.
1: I do want to make a slight correction because, as we know, John Probe has a propensity to actually grab things that we say he's grabbing. He just befriends Mm -hmm. a dolphin and runs (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. I'm sorry. (laughs) I wouldn't know because that put in my head, like, oh, man, why didn't he just pick up the dolphin and run? Because the dolphin's dolphin's fast enough in the water
0: that he could just run beside it at hyper-powered speed and make good time, which is... that's what he does. Yeah, which is what he does in the third in the third prog this month. He finds he makes his way to the dolphin base the dolphin tapes research location. It's a crazy underwater base full of uh, weird fish in aquariums and stuff. There's a Blinky from the Simpsons, he's there, as is, or at least some some three-eyed fish. As well as the lost Robert Peel, who is now a merman, pa of merman. <laughs> And the bad guys are there too. It's showdown time. <laughs> also, his fingers are super gross. Yo, he, he's not—he's not like a cool, like Little Mermaid style merman. He's—he's he's got a lot
1: more frog in him than you really like, in, like a merman. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh God, big time. <clears throat> he's not the most attractive fishman we have seen in the comic yet. Indeed,
0: <laughs> so it's time for an underwater sh- an underwater showdown. Uh, hacker and probe fight. Hacker's got one of those hook things, like where you where you like hold on to like the, a metal cross piece, and then this big metal hook comes out from like in between your fingers. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know I, if, I, if, if I'm fish describing hook. it well enough. Yeah, fish hook, I'm sorry. As he does that, Scarlatti like grabs the dolphin tapes and then zaps the <clears throat> zaps the ceiling of the underwater base with his laser pen. Or laser pistol, I guess. It's like what, and and then escapes. So it's uh, hacker and probe showing down in this underwater base as the underwater base fills with water. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Peel eventually attacks hacker, and it's uh, security guard versus merman fight as probe makes (laughs) the escape. The two of them sort of kill each other at the same time, and probe makes it out of there. He hunts he catches up to Scarlatti, and as Scarlotti runs, he falls into quicksand and instantly disappears into the muck never to be found again.
1: Yeah, which kind of screws Probe because he didn't get the tapes, he didn't get the information, and he's basically addicted to hyperpower. Yeah. He's uh he's failed
0: the mission and he's in trouble. And you know, he's sad about his buddy Bob Peel dying, and he's just sort of walking into the Everglades' Incredible hoax style at the end of this uh, comic.
1: So, the, it's, it's kind of, that's exactly correct. I, did, I had a question for you on these ones, man. Yeah, hit me. Which are, like, what did you think? Oh, these Mach 1s? Yeah. Not like top or bottom or anything like that, but I'm just like, I, so there are parts of it that I really love, especially the setting.
0: Yeah, like, I kind of like the ba- the dolphin base and stuff. It feels mm. weird. It, it has a very, like, James Bond feel. Like, I could definitely see, like, a James Bond movie being set in... And there might actually be one. In, like, some underwater research base where there are intelligent dolphins doing tricks. And, like, he's got to befriend one of the dolphins and do all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, Have an, under- like, have an underwater fight, etc.
1: Yeah. I, like, I just... I don't know, Some uh, like uh, maybe it's just me, it wasn't like, I didn't really super like it. I mean, you know, it's not the best, <laughs> I don't think it's the best
0: Mach 1 stuff that we've seen.
1: Mm-hmm. The, like the so,
0: water fight was really great, like him yeah. versus the security guard, loved that a lot. But it really feels like, for a multi-part, com- like for a four-part comic basically, it feels very like rushed, like there's a lot going on all at once. Yeah. And, like, it sort of just goes bing, 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 bing. And there's not a lot of time for
1: development, Yeah, I guess. And the big and twist is that mermaid, like, eh. Yeah, and I just feel like I just
0: didn't remember that this peel guy enough for his being a mermaid, to, um, his being changed into a mermaid <laughs> to really make a big deal to me, I guess. Yeah. And so that was sort of a, a harsh one for me, too. I wish okay. they'd at least, like, put, like, a little footnote of being, like, Peel and Probe had an adventure in um, Prague XXX or something. So I can yeah, at least which, re- refresh myself with that, you know?
1: Which kind of makes me feel like it didn't happen, because they do that with the others.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And, like, you know, generally just sort of, like, nothing stayed around enough for me to feel connected to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not Still, the best. he's not got best more outing.
1: character now, right? Like, not yeah. best outing, but, like... But I do... Ten- uh,
0: yeah, I do love the development of the character of Bro. So, that's definitely in its, in, in
1: its uh, in its favor. It is and also not racist, still keeping that strong. Oh yeah. Like just I'm proud that it's off of whatever crazy drugs it was on.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was really cool when it was blocked, when he was stuck in that block of ice and stuff. That was Oh my fun. god.
1: How he got out was really neat. Like, his hyperpower stuff, it, it's like, it has some depth now, right? Like, it's not just, I'm always amazing forever.
0: Yeah, it was, um, it was weird how much of a fight he got from the security chief guy, who is just a guy. Yeah. Like, in previous times, we've seen Mach 1 just sort of toss regular guys aside, you know? Yeah, so exactly. His coming back and being sort of messed up with hyperpower changes like how he deals with threats and stuff a little bit more yeah yeah but speaking of things uh covered in chunks of ice <clears throat> oh, wow. thrill three colony earth,
1: <laughs> oh, colony earth.
0: <clears throat> so okay let's uh so there's, <laughs> there's two dudes in colony earth there's a uh, hunter and professor vandenberg they've been in, in uh investigating aliens and dealing with all these alien things and they continue to do so this episode <laughs> When no. we last left, there was an alien robot that was meeting up with an alien UFO. And instead of doing anything, they just leave. Yeah. So in this case, they uh, they, they run away. Mm-hmm. Then they head up to investigate another ruin, another ruin associated with the aliens that a bunch of American Army dudes are
1: excavating. And then they don't do anything and they
0: leave. Well, in there, they find an underground entrance with some UFO oh. stuff in the basements. And then as they come, as they uh, um, go back to the surface the UFO from the last episode shows up, and there's a robot alien about to attack. Yep. So oh, the yeah, next... they
1: use its face.
0: <laughs> yeah. But so, in the next one, Hunter takes down the robot, but as they become above ground, the army guys are under attack from all the alien dudes. They spot some gnome-like actual aliens riding like a hover, a hover bike, and they capture those those gnome aliens to interrogate them. And it turns out that they come from an advanced race. Earth was once one of their colonies, and no primitives, i.e., humans, can stop them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. then Hunter and the and the professor steal a remote control from the gnome guy. They fly off on a hover bike with the robot. They have the re- the, the remote control is for the robot thing,
1: and they use the robot to blast all the other aliens. I'm just then, I, like. How advanced of a race are you that you need a remote for your super murder robots? Like, why wouldn't that... I don't know. Why wouldn't it be, they they'd be, like, mind-controlled? You'd be able to talk to them and tell them stuff or something like that? Yeah, I mean... Not like, have please. a
0: remote control that just some random dude
1: can pick up and start destroying all of your forces with? Yeah, it seems, uh, you know, it's not that hyper-intelligent.
0: I mean, you know, just because they're smart doesn't mean they're wise, buddy. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> um... So our guys, after blasting a bunch of aliens, they fly out to their the ships they, they, they came in on and they see that sea levels have dropped dramatically. It turns out that the earth is cooling and all the water is being turned into ice because the aliens <laughs> are trying to start a new ice age.
1: Aw oh, snap. Yeah, so we send we,
0: we finish up the uh the, the this month with the professor uh, Hunter and Charlie the Robot tr- uh, taking down some more alien crafts as the sea level has dropped over 100 feet and glaciers are quickly enveloping northern cities. Uh, a survivor of the alien attack says that the real threat in terms of cooling the world is from an orbital base. Uh, Charlie probably can't destroy it, Charlie the Robot, but maybe they can find something in one of the downed alien crafts that can and that's the end of Colony Earth for this month.
1: What a chilling cliffhanger. Everyone seems pretty salty about that terraforming. That's the only joke I will give this. Fair
0: enough. Yeah, it's hard. Honestly, i have having a lot of trouble getting into a colony earth as well. It is so dense sometimes. (laughs) It's super like, almost kind of hard to follow or just like... There's so much going on. There's so many words and faces (laughs) shouting words at you and stuff that, like, it's really,
1: like, you know. Well, and you're not getting any depth at the same time. So, like, I I took extra care to read it all this time and really, like, okay, maybe there's just more going on in, like, the little cards and stuff like that and... Jim Watson, my man, I bet you are the best ever. I mean, your art's definitely really great. Your art style is wonderful, but for the love of God, man, this is so much to read. When all I want to do is see the explosions, he's super
0: anxious to get this one specific story he has off his chest. Like, and he just tells it. It's really, it's the whole thing is just really breathless. That's how I describe it. Yeah, everybody talks in, in exclamation points and. All the narration is just immediately moving them from one place to another, essentially.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a Savage and Silk combo, right? Like, they're immediately that thing that I drew kind of in comparison to them, where you have, um... God, I forget the American guy's name. Not the professor. Uh, Hunter. Hunter, right. So... He's like, We need to do this with explosions and guns and brash actions, which is almost always the thing that they do. Yeah, but he la- he you know he he just lacks the uh,
0: the gleeful murderers, the <laughs> the gleefulness of Bill Savage as he kills a bunch of bull guns. You know, that's something yeah. so many of these characters lack. They just aren't having you can tell they aren't having fun in a way that Bill Savage wasn't. He was having fun. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was his life's calling, his true uh, magnum opus. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, it's okay, but this one's kind of forgettable. I don't know. I, like, I'm not enjoying it so far. Yeah, I hear you.
0: Hey, speaking of uh, not quite enjoying, (laughs) (laughs) non-thrill material, letters and encounters.
1: Or do you mean non-krill material? Hmm. Also, Get none out. Of them are, yeah. <laughs> also, none of them are ocean-themed, as far no. as, like,
0: remember. Yeah, so this month we see a new feature called Encounters, which, okay, so my, my theory about Encounters uh, is that there was one editor that commissioned a bunch more future-focused covers, which are those covers we had for a couple months that were just mm-hmm. sort of, like, a random sci-fi, like, a random sci-fi picture, and then the sci-fi story in, inside the product. Mm. So someone commissioned a bunch of those, but then they also decided that they wanted to have the cover be the first page of Dan Dare. So suddenly they were left with all of these <laughs> uh, covers that covers and stories that they'd never ha- really have a place for. Mm. So they just started putting them in the middle of the comic as just sort of a one page. Like, hey, here's like a, a crazy space picture and then a story to go along with it. You know, a,
1: a quick story, a quick text story to go along with it. Yeah, and you put it right next to the ad, like for a Star Wars fighter kite offer. Okay.
0: <laughs> There's definitely ads for her, this Star Wars fighter kite in this comic. <laughs> it's only ninety five pence. I looked it up, and so you're supposed to send in together. You're supposed to send uh, get with the purchase of KP outer spacers, which I didn't know what those were, so I looked them up on the internet. Mm-hmm. And apparently. <clears throat> They're these like puffed corn and wheat products, what? Like a uh, like like a crisp, like a oh okay, like like a snack thing. And they're they're in like space shapes, like some are shaped like flying saucers, and some are shaped like
1: space stations, and blah blah. blah. Oh, weird. Yeah, this one's like Star Wars fighter cut offer. And they have in really weird British flavors, (laughs)
0: like chutney, Chutney, pickled onion, beef burger onion would be tasty though i don't know these are we i i feel like the big difference between england and america is a propensity for savory snacks that's a big big english thing that america like if as opposed to just getting like a candy bar like, like you'd get here in america that's just like a chocolate mm-hmm. thing you know what i mean
1: yeah i i mean i'm really into ketchup chips so to be honest i'm willing to try a lot of things at this point Fair enough. <laughs>
0: so, also in letters for this one, uh, a kid th- so <clears throat> thinks that the uh, "what I like best" cost uh, coupon isn't needed, which is this thing that they include in the in the products periodically. Where you're mm-hmm. supposed to list the different thrills in the order that you like them best. So, basically, a primitive version of top thrill and bottom thrill. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, another, and then an- another kid wants to know why Tharg disguises his spaceship but not himself. And Tharg is like, "Because I don't want to look like an ugly human, but I'm Tharg." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, oh, so, how he says it was was pretty amazing. He's like, "Dude, um, I'm most displeased with the ludicrous idea." That my beautiful features should be changed to resemble those of a mere mortal—it's <laughs> pretty like, awesome. Like, damn, dog! Uh, yeah, an immortal being just slapped you down. <laughs> and then um,
0: there's a pretty sweet picture of a space station as well, which I'm I'm down with. Yeah, and, right. and
1: a kid definitely drew it.
0: Yeah, and um, oh, I I forgot to actually describe what the encounter was for this for this prog. Uh, oh. it's a it's a story called The Mess there's basically a crazy gross monster in the middle of a space crater and but it's just another complication with being an interplanetary dustman which is British for being a like a sanitation worker jesus dude. Uh... yeah so in Prog 55 the encounter is <laughs> yeah, called moving on yeah so the encounter is called the sun god which is it's a uh, a futuristic alien tries to make first contact with the caveman but instead the caveman kills and eats him instead This one was pretty great. you got to wait for a certain period to actually talk to uh, humans, buddy. Yeah, everybody knows that. And then uh, in the letters, a kid says that in 2010, people will go on interplanetary uh, vacations. And another another wants to know more about Tharg, which I'm down with. I like Tharg. Yeah. Yeah. One kid wants to be the new Mach 1, which no dice. Another one wants a new flesh series, which I'll agree with that one as well. One hundred and
1: ten thousand billion percent.
0: We'll get it. Event. We'll get there eventually. And then the final kid wants to know what Mach One was doing during the events of Invasion, and are told to keep reading. Oh. Also, one last kid draws a pretty sweet alien in a cape. All right.
1: I like <laughs> its uh, stomach, gem. Yeah.
0: So pro- <laughs> in pro- I don't know. I don't know what to say about this stuff. Like, yeah, no, it's fine. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> in, uh, in in Prog 56, Walter takes over the letters page this week and has asked terrible Judge uh, Dredd-based questions. Let's just move on.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> you don't want to read the poem. No. Uh,
0: in, 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 in Encounters, uh, The Day of the Phoenix, a dude travels through an alternate reality. But, oh, man, the alternate reality's full of monsters, and they live in a fire, and that's why they call it the... Day, the uh, Phoenix Project, because uh, it's like they live in fire, and that's what the Phoenix does too. Alright, you want to do this rhyme, Fox? You want to read this? Oh, I'll the, do it.
1: The, the Walter the Wobot?
0: Yeah, Walter's wime. That's all you, man. <laughs> I'm Walter, try me. Weeds a slogan on his chest. But apart from all his fooling, Walter always does his best. If it comes to helping Dwed, Walter's always on his toes. When danger looks around the corner, Walter always knows. Although sometimes oil leaks when Dwed finds him at fault, and he lisps whenever he speaks, still, he's wonderful, Robot Walt. Good job, Michael. Michael Keane from Ennis. You are my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Prague 57. Well, there is. Very important thing, uh, Thark says. No more copying for
1: pictures, and I agree. Oh um, God! Did some people, some people do a did a copy that they put in there? Man, like we've it's, talked about it.
0: A ton of these pictures are copies, bro. <laughs> They're copied out of books or other science fiction things. It's a it's oh. a travesty. It's really great, man. Yeah. yeah. So one kid does some math on total time doing things in life and like whatever. Another says, Thieves only stole 2000 ID from his mom's car. There's a picture of a nuclear-powered dog that just kind of looks like a cutout of a picture of circuitry in a dog shape more than anything else, but yeah, still seems like Kid done. so fair play, I guess. It's really strange. <laughs> and then the encounter is Galactic Crush, where an interst- where there's an interstellar dating service. Oh no, you got mashed with a giant caterpillar monster! Oh jeez!
1: Uh, and wants to crush you in its mouth. I guess. Yeah. Hey, speaking of getting crushed. <sighs>
0: thrill for Judge Dread.
1: I have no ocean puns for this. Nope, this one's all above water. On the moon. Oh, man. Tidal forces jokes. I'm so stupid. Anyhow, this killer cars everywhere. <laughs> Oh,
0: God. Elvis, though, Elvis the killer car, the the er ur-killer car, uses the rampage of the other killer cars uh, as cover, and he drives through, like, a shopping mall stealing toys and calling himself the gingerbread car. He's basically just a little kid, a murderous little kid in a giant killer car body.
1: It's really not the best, especially given that he doesn't super care about what happened to the other cars that he made sentient. Well, they were all sentient. He took away their sense of right and wrong. Oh, God. I mean, but then they all got melted.
0: Yeah, the drudges dropped the boom on them, hitting them all with corrosive acid spray, basically just turning them all into a big pile of mush. But Elvis is
1: still on the loose. This is not great for all the other cars of the kingdom. Ah, you know.
0: Elvis lays low in a human couple's apartment, and Dred draws him out by taunting him on TV news. Dread thought and, was pretty smart. Yeah, it works, but uh, too well because Elvis leaves and then is on a loosely old tunnels under Luna One. When Dread comes home for the night, he finds Elvis waiting for him and takes and Elvis takes Dread hostage in like the weirdest way possible. Yeah, well, with Dread taken hostage, Elvis forces Luna One to do like a big parade in in his honor, in the honor of Elvis the Murderer's car. <laughs> Dread eventually... They go really all out. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in honor of Elvis. I would, I would just let Dread die, I gotta say. Yeah, Arms I mean... But eventually, Dread uses this prey as a distraction to activate the ejector seat in the car and explode out to safety. Then Elvis is melted down by Coroto Gunners.
1: Which is super sad. Also, uh, there was an accounting... In this comic, like, before we end this this portion of the, like, mm-hmm. car thing, right? Yeah. They were talking about casualties. Wait, no. The casualties one is for the next story. Is it? I thought yes. that was all from the car story. Mm-mm. Oh, no, you're right. All right, never mind. But that yeah. one's also... Okay. Yeah, so the next
0: story is pretty, pretty amazing. So, you know, we're in this moon base. It's all in domes and stuff. So a bunch of bad guys pump trank gas into the air of the entire Luna One colony, which knocks out the entire city. The bad guys are able to steal stuff without any problems and the judges have to deal with all the automated system of Luna Ones doing of Luna One doing tons of damage. So like you know, it's all these motivate like elect like automatic walkways that people pass out on and then just form big piles and everybody gets crushed. Like there's there's trains running and the operators of those trains are all passed out so they can't like break and like control the train. It's like, I like, go about to fly into things and stuff. I'm just, there's a
1: ton of like massive, like damage done throughout the city. I'm just saying like four people were all right. Killing 53,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. In <laughs> the over end the, half a million injuries.
0: Yeah. That's the death toll. 53,000 people dead and half a million injured. They basically, cause it's this entire, like the entire colony was knocked out, you know? Yeah. The perps count their spoils in their apartment. But uh oh, they've locked the door behind them and they haven't paid their oxygen bill. So all the air is pumped out of the room. They die with their ill gotten gains.
1: Found by Dread three days later. Only a fool bucks the oxygen board. Man, I really, I actually liked this one off more than I liked the kind of killer cars um, multi part. I can see it. The killer car one was kind of ridiculous and stuff. This one really kind of gives you
0: an interesting sense of what Luna One's like, and then sort of creates a world that ends up actually being killing them. You know, so because like Judge Dredd kind of helps save people as a result of this thing, but he doesn't actually do the justice and stuff. Yeah, like there's no, you know, Judge Dredd doesn't kill anyone this month, and our kill count, which I made after last week's episode, (laughs) still stands at a solid forty-five. That's forty-five from Prague One to Prague. Fifty-seven, in, including the sci-fi special in the annual, Jeez. and I'm not counting robots or. Um, <laughs> I'm not counting robots or other non-living things in that kill count. I
1: am counting monkey gangsters, though. So, just so you know, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, we forcibly gave them sentience. Hmm. But
0: yeah, I thought the yeah Jetra was okay. Like, yeah, I agree that the uh, the oxygen board one is a better one than the killer car one.
1: Yeah, it's just the the world like kind of getting back at them is sort of an interesting thing like no one can really escape the future and how many people just fucking die in the future every day and i
0: enjoy when bad guys get their comeuppance these guys were bad guys
1: oh big time bad guys and they definitely got a comeuppance and yeah. they get to they they lost their key in their giant pile of <laughs> looted horde yeah, fine. yeah, it it killed them, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Hey,
0: speaking of people getting their comeuppance, thrill five future
1: shocks. Okay, so just real quick, I was really looking forward to this being underwater themed because I'd gotten because th- I do these in sections, right? Like Dandare the Mach mm-hmm. One. I was really looking forward to Future Shocks being like underwater themed like super garbage stories. Sorry, uh, nothing. No, it's completely dry. Yeah, there's only 3
0: uh, Future Shocks this month. Uh, mm. The first one is a shorty but a goodie. I in yeah. my opinion at least a lady makes a stasis generator, her jerk boss doubts her and activates the device and then the last panel repeats 5 times. To- repeats exactly the same five times over because they're caught in the stasis from the device it's pretty cool
1: super cool yeah i liked it a lot it was very creative
0: then um the next one is a bunch of future dudes a a, a bunch of future guys strike oil on a distant planet and like the main guys like i'll get all the oil i can even if i gotta destroy this whole planet myself (laughs) as he does he's bit by a bug and passes out and it turns out that the bugs are actually aliens building a derrick on his veins to get more of that sweet sweet blood it's just eh. the bugs learn from watching us buddy i guess so then finally some uh some guys travel back in time prehistory while they're there they kill a monkey by accident. when they come back everybody in the monkey in the future is a monkey oh no that's how everything
1: changed
0: yeah don't kill anything in the past guys Although, just by existing, you're probably killing, like, some key germs or other things,
1: you know? Just saying, saying. if they actually make it to the past without, in any way, it altering, not that you would know, I guess, like, you're probably already there.
0: Yeah, man, there's a lot of
1: complicated rules about
0: all that time travel stuff, I guess. (laughs) Hey, speaking of complicated rules, (laughs) Thrill 6 Inferno...
1: (laughs) Man, uh, blood in the water, Uh, but this doesn't reek of, like, risky business, you know? (laughs) That said, oh, I gotta say, up front, do you know what I love about Inferno this month? What? Is that the Tharg notes are back telling you, like, hey, this is, like, why this is being scored in this way. Yeah, they do kind of try to explain the game a little bit. They also play the fucking game.
0: That's what I appreciate. So the team plunges, so we last left our team with their hover van having blown a hover wheel, I guess. They should just not ride in these. It's true. And they plunge into uh, into the Long Island Sea or whatever. They barely survive, but all their gear is lost. Just to have a match that night, the Sharks agree to let them use some leftover gear from their basement, but it's all old and busted. Meanwhile, uh, Regal Eagle, who wasn't on the bus, has been showing off to fans the whole time because he's a huge jerk. Yeah. At the same time, we see the Sharks team show up, <laughs> and they've got super sweet shark costumes. Like they the guys,
1: the weirdest things. The guys who
0: have jetpacks, like have these suits that make them look like sharks as they fly through the air on their jetpacks, like sharks swimming through the water.
1: Yeah, and their leader has shark teeth, it like fork his own teeth. Yeah, like he filed his <laughs> teeth. There's a lot of cool shark stuff stuff
0: going on. It's awesome. awesome. They're really into it. <laughs> so the Long Island sharks don't beat them. They eat them. The Hellcats are not amused. Oh, I, uh, oh, I really loved that. By the way, yeah. After being uh, reminded that there's a sweet new hover bus on the line for the winners of this game, and don't accoutrement. Indeed. So Marvin Blue, the brother of caveman-slash-goalie Moody Blue, scores an early goal. Regal Eagle gets the ball and goes for a pass, but something has spooked him, and he smashes into another one of the Hellcats. It's Inferno!
1: No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means.
0: Me either. I think it just means that, like, it's the game. Like, you know, he's falling into the... Man, I feel like the ground in Inferno is actually really hot or on fire or something. It hasn't been fully explained.
1: Yeah, like, like, some parts that have fire, maybe some parts that don't. Yeah, because it
0: seems seems like Regal sort of skids into TJ, this other Hellcat guy, and, like, skids a bunch of cinders and fire and stuff onto him. Yeah. But so the fallen Hellcat biker is saved by Marvin, and then Eagle scores, and the Hellcats go up 2-0. The team is largely against Regal Eagle, the stunt rider, though, because they think he's a coward. Yeah, and Gi- being a total jerk. Yeah. Giant tests his resolve by making a ride on the side of the vertical walls of the arena, and then Giant scores a maximum point cave-in. But, as the team celebrates, Giant's ancient jetpack explodes and everybody is dead. It's really intense. Well, not everybody. Like, yeah. most of the team is dead. The Sharks call for Rule 37, which is where, if too many people on your team are dead or injured, you forfeit... But then Lewis gets back on a bike and rides again. Brain guy's had style. Being super weird. I mean, he's a robot. A tr- you know, he's a physical man, man. I <laughs> guess like, that's fair. As opposed to having other guts and stuff, he's just a brain in a clear robot body. It's still super creepy. Oh yeah, definitely. But so uh, the scheme, the team scores a ton more goals. Even Moody the uh, scores from the scored cave. The final score is completely unreadable in our, co- in our copies of the comics, but it appears the Hellcats have won, <laughs> and they get these sweet new Airbus and all the gear and stuff, but a, a whole bunch of their team is dead or injured, and the syndicate <sighs> is bearing down on them, so it's up to Lewis to recruit new players and find a break in the case.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you can do it, Lewis. You're a brain. Yeah, man. Think it through. Wow. I appreciate that. Yeah. Let the tide roll in on
0: your brainstorm. Okay. Oh. Hey, speaking of pretty painful. Thrill 7. Walter the Wobot, Friend of Dwed.
1: And whatever, I just pass here. Yeah. so Back on it, the pun.
0: Yeah, I'll just do it real quick. Uh, turns out that the mysterious shadow threatening Walter last blog was actually the robot that's been impersonating him. And it's also Walter's brother, Gus. Gus drags Walter off to, the, off to parts unknown.
1: I like that his name is Gus Rules, okay? That's his thing. Man, uh, I don't know.
0: If they keep referring to that, it makes no sense to me. It's just uh, some graffiti from someplace in London or something like that. Oh, weird. You'll see it a bunch of times. We'll see it a bunch. A ton of times, like even in that, uh, in the Mega City One 5000, like that race, like the final mm. words of one of those muty of one of those Mewty bikers was "muties rule, okay, you know? Huh. It's something that is apparently a touchstone if you're in the 1970s in, in England, but doesn't make sense to it Ed, a 2017 American,
1: you know? Slang lost
0: to time. Exactly. So next, Prague, uh, we learned the backstory of Gus, Walter's Buo. <laughs> He yeah. was an ad, he was an adding machine and always jealous of Walter's life as a drink dispenser, and then a friend of Dwed, Gus plans to turn Walter in, and then he'll be the friend of dread. Quikey! So weird. Yeah, so things are looking bad for Walter until his giant uh, robot mommy shows up, throws Gus into the insinuator. Incinua-
1: Which, and, what, I mean, it's a bit of an overreaction. Pretty and then...
0: Yeah, well, and Walter's name is is, uh, cleared. Walter is very grateful, and Gus is turned into a transistor radio.
1: The ultimate. uh, What I would imagine Uh, the ultimate prison sentence would be like for a robot. (laughs) Indeed. So, speaking of
0: radios, Walter co-hosts a pirate radio station on the moon. All the tapes he has to play are either, like, lisping things, like electronic music or Walter-based, like uh, handles Walter music. Anyhow, uh, Dwed shuts the station down, and we end with the DJ
1: about to blow his brains out all over Walter. Fun. No, yeah, like, are you having fun, kids? Hey, kids, how do you enjoy your comic book? Anyhow, that's it for uh, Thrill- Thrills This Week, Fox. I uh, just want to give a shout-out to the dude wearing the weird green outfit on the back of that last one, that says, "I am a mump." Indeed, <laughs> those
0: crazy future's future uh, fashions. But yeah. now's the key time, Fox. What are your top and bottom thrills? Note: Walter the robot cannot be your bottom thrill.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all right, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna just scratch the the ones that I, I had a hard time with. So Mach One didn't make it. I really enjoyed it. Um, just it just wasn't enough. It was super boring, but it's making all of the right strides. Mm-hmm. Um, Mach One didn't make it either. He still Wait you just said Mach one. What's Oh wait, oh Jesus, thank you. Um, not uh, not Judge Dread. Okay. Yeah. Um Mostly in that, like, I just wasn't a big fan of the car stuff. Um, that wasn't super enjoyable to me. And it was really only the last prog that really, like, felt super, I don't know, normal. But yeah, all, super that's enjoyable. Fair. Anyway, that effectively leaves me, haha, with Dan Dandare Dan is awesome. Dan Dare was great. He committed genocide on an entire planet of sentient uh, pod people. And yeah. it's like, Semi at least. He's he's murdering. I I love it. I think it's found its stride. I think it might maybe be uh, a good enough surrogate for invasion being gone. Nice. All right. So good top stuff. thrill, Dandare. Yeah, I think is that my first time ever giving top thrill to Dandare. Might Cyclops. be. I th-
0: I think we have started liking it with the re- with the reboot with the new coat and stuff. <laughs> So how about you, man? My tough thrill this week is Inferno. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I like, like, those, I like those shark dudes. that look very sweet. Um, I really just love that this was just all on the field this time. Mm-hmm. It was either right before the game or during the game or after the game. It was a one-month thing. They did the whole match, all that stuff. Um, had ups and downs. It had a bunch of things. I really love the on-the-field stuff for um, Inferno. I really hate that it seems like they're going to now be doing a bunch of off-the-field stuff.
1: Yeah, I, it definitely <laughs> is getting that sense, which is uh, part and parcel why I'm not... I just haven't been getting that excited about reading it, and I love it. Like, this was great, and you're absolutely right. Like, this was uh, kind of like reading old Harlem Heroes.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. it's like, you know, again, I would just say that, like, for me, this future, this sports... These, this idea of sports comics is really alien to me, mm-hmm. and I really like it when they do it, just because it's sort of such a new and weird thing. Yeah. So I appreciate when it's about sports, and not when it's about oh, we can also use our sports abilities outside of the field. Like I, I'm, I'm here for the, I'm here for the sports. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like uh, pro wrestling. Like I'm here for, to an extent, I'm here for the matches. You know, mm-hmm. and if it gets too crazy outside of the ring, then I'm like, ah, you know, like these guys just aren't good enough actors for it to just be a soap opera,
1: you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, is like you want want the drama to be happening while the action is happening, you know?
0: I mean, there's such an obvious place for drama to be taking place that to not take advantage of it and have it just be for the games and stuff just seems like a missed opportunity. I agree. All right, so what's your bottom thrill this month, Fox?
1: Uh, I I this feels like fairly easy to me. This is that's Colony Earth. Agreed. I I mean, let's talk about it for a little bit and yeah. I mean, we kind of disaster. We 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 kind of talked about it a little bit when we talked about it
0: um previously, Mm -hmm. but just the like it's really busy and hard to it's like its breathlessness combined with its art style makes it hard for me to read. Um, is just the, the 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 flat out thing that so much, like, there's so much talking, and actually surprisingly little action in each um, thing. That is going to be my comment as well. Like, the combination of it makes it sort of unpleasant,
1: I guess. Well, it's like, it's so much that there isn't action, that they take an entire, like, one and a half panels to set up, like, hey, we've got this force up here of, like, military people, and then just, like, hand wave don't show it there's like oh yeah it all happened and it's over with now and i'm like you you missed this opportunity to like blow things up so that you could have these close-ups of people's faces looking super worried and i don't know why they're worried because pretty much they've seen like these guys can shoot everything out of the everything they can irradiate the planet and also make our water into ice. So like at this point um I like what can you do? And I don't yeah. know how they're going to solve that and they keep going to these different places but the globe trotting doesn't seem to do anything.
0: Yeah, and I just also say that it just everything feels really smashed together. Like there's a lot of every 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 um episode feels, or, you know, every month, every week it feels like there's at least one page It's just got a ton of people talking to each other <laughs> to the point where they have to have, like, disembodied heads flying around just to be providing dialogue and, like, ridiculous amounts of exposition and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, so that things that should be really huge set pieces and really awesome end up just being relegated to, like, one corner of the page or something. Yeah. And... It just makes it not not that fun. It just makes it not that fun, I guess, and that's or and, and and thus not thrilling. It's not great,
1: you know. No, and and that's what's the most funny about all of this to me is that the art is actually quite fantastic, especially like when he allows himself to do explosions and yeah. do like laser beams. Like the individual pieces of the art are good, mm-hmm. but but sort of mashed together.
0: Oh with yeah, like, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like ten or twelve things happening on each page, mm-hmm. nothing has enough time to sort of breathe or be excellent, you know.
1: Yeah, well, you look at like you're Dan jumping Bear from one thing to these... the
0: next or something.
1: Yeah, and and with Dan Dare, you're getting like these large set pieces where it's like, here's this big picture of this giant wave, right? And you get yeah. enough of it, but then it just splashes in some action, right? So it's like, then they hit it, then it sinks, it keeps going even deeper, and you it's that's even like a really big shot to take in. Um, and then there's Dan Dare, and... You've got, like, bubbles in such a way so that you can see the things that are going on. And they, like, specifically for action, they don't have a bunch of stuff covering it up. In this, it's like everything is competing for your attention.
0: Yeah, it's just constant things, like, sort of happening and people talking and narration boxes and all this stuff at once. It's too much. There's too much going on.
1: Yeah, all right, well, clear bottom, but it, you know, I'll be honest. I really hope that, like in coming months they do these weird themes cuz i really i really enjoyed it and i saw what you did there i mean the big thing we're going to start seeing with 2000 AD
0: is they'll is you know is they're going to start running these sto- these stories that last like a month or two mm-hmm. and then sort of disappear or come back later on you know we saw it with the visible man we saw it with this one we're going to see it next time too yeah all yeah. right awesome yeah yeah. Anyhow, I hope
1: uh,
0: everybody enjoyed the show. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on your pod- or on our podcast uh, network site at cradline.com or on the podcatcher app of your choice. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com. That's Space Spinner 2 and 3 zeros. Or on our... Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're, spa- we're at Space Spinner 2 k and for everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000 and we should be there. Tune in next week when Judge Dredd returns to Mega City 1 and then heads out to meet his destiny in the start of the first true Dredd epic, The Cursed Earth. Awesome. Old enemies return for both Dan Dare and the Harlem Hellcats. Ooh. Mark... Mark one nears its conclusion, and Colony Earth finds its finds its own, and <laughs> then God. we'll start a new thrill, Death Planet, the sto- uh. which is the story of 2000 AD's first human female protagonist,
1: <laughs> Death <laughs> Planet. That's right. That. That is the coolest name for a comic book that I think I've ever heard.
0: Alright, don't freak out too much until you've seen it. <laughs> until next time, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendug for